Hello once again, I'm Jerry Savell. Thank you for joining me today. We are continuing to talk about the prophetic word that I was given by the Holy Spirit regarding 2020, and that word is this. I'm going to open a new door, and I'm going to cause you to in- experience supernatural increase as never before. Now, one of the things we need to do is be sensitive to the Holy Spirit as He directs us to that new door. I don't know where that door is coming from. I don't know where that door is right now, but I do know if God says it, then praise God, He will make it happen. So I want to encourage you to become more and more sensitive to the Holy Spirit so that He can lead and guide you. The Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. So it's it's imperative that we become sensitive to the leadership of the Holy Spirit so He can lead us through that door. You know, I remember a time before where the Lord opened the door for me to purchase a piece of property. And I purchased it, uh, found the favor of God in doing so, and uh, we got it for a, a ridiculous price, I might add. And then years later, we were able to sell it and make a tremendous profit. See, God opened that door for that to take place. Well, I'm believing for more and more doors to open this year, and I want to encourage you to do so as well. Now, I want to read something to you from Proverbs chapter 11. When we talk about supernatural increase, you can't leave this part out. Proverbs 11 verse 24 says, There is that scattereth and yet increaseth. You know, it's impossible to experience supernatural increase without being a sower. That's what we're going to talk about on the broadcast today. So I don't want to get into it very deep here at the introduction. I'm going to take you into the service where I was talking about it, but it's important that you become a sower. And if you become a sower, then you will increase. You will experience supernatural increase. So let's talk about that as you watch this live service from Heritage of Faith right now. Psalm 115 is the verse that we have used to lay a foundation for this. Verse 12, the Lord hath been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great. The Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. You are blessed of the Lord, which made heaven and earth. So notice from the word of God, and we want God's word to be final authority in our lives. Look at somebody and say, God's word is final authority in my life. If God's word says he wants to increase me more and more, then as far as I'm concerned, that settles it. I'm on my way to increase more and more. And because I really believe it, I believe I'll go ahead and give him a shout in advance. Amen. Hallelujah. So the Lord has increase on his mind. He wants to increase us more and more beyond anything we've ever experienced before. Now, I want to relate just some of the times that I've experienced this over the years. And I jotted down a few things pertaining to this this morning. Back in December 1973, when I was still employed by Kenneth Copeland Evangelistic Association, the Lord impressed upon me that that would be my final year to be a full-time employee. And of course, back then, Brother Copeland's ministry only had about 12 employees, 
and I was one of the first. So I'd been with him since about 1970, so somewhere along in there. And I said, well, Brother Copeland, the Lord's impressed upon me. It's time for me to launch out into my own ministry. And I said, but I was not going to do anything or say anything until he revealed it to you first. And he said, well, I don't want it to happen, but I know it's God. And I said, well, I, I wrestled with it when the Lord told me a couple of months ago about this. And the first thing I said to him was, you said we'd be a team. We'd spend the rest of our lives preaching together around the world. I said, Lord, if I leave, it'll split up the team. And, and of course, back then, I'd remembered meeting a few ministers who had worked with other ministers. And when they left, they, they severed the relationship. They, they hardly even spoke to each other anymore. I said, I don't want that to happen. And the Lord assured me that it's not going to happen. He said, you'll always be a team. And I said, so once you revealed it, or once he revealed it to you and you spoke it to me, then that's when I was determined to, to make arrangements to leave. I said, however, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work for you in, throughout the month of December, and I want you to cut off my pay. I don't want you to pay me for the month of December. He said, why don't you want me to pay you? I said, because in one month, I'll be on my own, and I won't have your check to depend on, so I might as well get a jump start. <laughs> he said, I've never heard anybody do that before. I said, well... I'm acting on what you've taught me over the years. I'm a man of faith, and I trust God. And if this is God, and I believe it is, then he'll take care of me. So cut my pay off starting December the 1st. I don't want to be paid for that entire month. And uh, I'm going to believe God, and he is going to take care of me. He said, okay, if that's what you want. So at the end of November, he didn't pay me throughout the month of December. However, during that month, before I ever left, just a few weeks before, I was presented with an office fully equipped, everything in it paid for, and all I had to do was take over the lease. And the man who had leased that was a businessman, and uh, he said, I'm giving you everything in here. He left me with desk, uh, copier machines, typewriters, he even left the pencils and paper clips on his desk. I didn't have to buy one thing. Fully furnished. Four rooms in this office complex. Fully furnished. Not only that, but the Lord blessed me with $5,000 during the month of December. And uh, then Brother Copeland blessed me with all of his tape duplicating equipment because the Lord had just blessed him with some new equipment. So the very equipment that I used to use to run his tapes was now mine. When I, when I left December the 31st, 1973, and I walked into my office January the 1st, 1974, it was fully furnished. Everything was paid for. Everything I needed was right there. I didn't have to buy one thing, and I made more money in one month. Or it, I came... God blessed me with more money during the month of December than I had earned the entire year working and receiving a check from Kenneth Copeland Evangelistic wow. Association. I'd call that supernatural increase. I hit the ground running and I hadn't slowed down since. Amen. October 1981, I'm preaching with Brother Copeland 
in the East Coast Believers Convention, Charlotte, North Carolina, in the old Coliseum there. And on Friday night, or Friday afternoon after I finished my service, Carol and I went to the room to rest. Brother Copeland was to preach that night. And uh, when we got to the room, Carolyn said, are you going to lay down and take a nap? I said, no, uh, why don't you go ahead and lay down and I'll, I'll, uh, I'm just going to sit in the living room here and just relax a little bit and I'll come wake you up when it's time to get dressed. She said, okay. So she closed the door to the bedroom and I sat in the living room on the sofa and uh, I just I put my robe on and I just sat there, leaned my head back and put my hands behind my head, closed my eyes for two seconds. Couldn't have been over two seconds. And I had a supernatural visitation of the Lord, my first. I didn't know it was going to happen. I wasn't expecting it. I didn't ask for it. Jesus appeared to me, and he said these words. My people are experiencing financial famine, and I'm going to reveal to you the keys that will bring them out and hold you responsible for sharing them everywhere I send you. And I reached over and grabbed a legal pad and started writing down everything he said to me. Now, I had a lot of people ask me later, what did he look like? You know, I was more interested in what he had to say than what he looked like, and I couldn't tell them. But the room filled with the Shekinah glory of God. It got so thick I couldn't even see the furniture anymore. And I wrote down on that legal pad everything Jesus said to me, and it seemed like to me he was there for hours, but it was seconds, and I filled up an entire legal pad which proved to me that Jesus can say more in a few seconds than most men can in a lifetime. And then the door opened from the bedroom and Carolyn walked in. She said, what's happening in here? I said, I just had an appearance of the Lord. She said, what did he say? She didn't say, what did he look like? She said, what did he say? So I read everything he said on the legal pad. She said, are you going to tell Brother Copeland about this? I said, no. She said, why not? I said, well, we've worked together long enough. He'll pick it up in the spirit. (laughs) I won't have to tell him. And so uh, we went over to the service that night. We sat down on the front row, Gloria Copeland on the end, Carolyn next to her, me next to Carolyn, Charles and Peggy Capps, Norval Hayes. Brother Copeland got up to preach, and he couldn't preach. He just stopped, and finally he said, Jerry, God visited you today. Come tell us what he said. So I got up, and then I preached what Jesus said to me, and it was taken from Genesis chapter 26. So go there very quickly. We've read this in previous services, but I want to read it to you again because this is where I learned about supernatural increase. And it's happened to me many, many times over the years. I've got a list here that I could tell you about, but I don't want to take the time to do so. But trust me, I've experienced supernatural increase many, many times. But in 1981, this is where the Lord led me in Genesis chapter 26. And it says in verse 1, And there was a famine in the land beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went unto Abimelech, king of the Philistines, unto Gerar. And the Lord appeared unto him, And said, Go not down into Egypt. Dwell in the land which I will tell thee of. Now, Egypt represented looking for another source. God wanted to be Isaac's source. 
He said, don't go to Egypt. Don't lean to the arm of the flesh. I will be your source. And then he goes on to say, sojourn in this land and I will be with thee and I will bless thee. So notice God says to Isaac, if you will obey me and you stay right here in this land, I will bless you. I will be with you. And what have we learned over the years that bless means? Empower to prosper. Empower to increase. Empower to multiply. Empower to excel. Empower to rise above what holds everybody else back. Amen? That's what bless means. And notice God said, I will bless you. I will empower you to increase even in a famine. Amen. And then it goes down to verse 12. <clears throat> then Isaac sowed in that land and received in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. The man waxed great, went forward, and grew until he became very great. Other translation says he grew richer by the day. And then he had possession of flocks, possession of herds, a great store of servants, and the Philistines envied him. Now notice the Lord said to me in that visitation, my people are experiencing financial famine and I will reveal to you the keys that will bring them out. And the primary key was teach them to sow in famine. But notice God told him in a land where there was a famine, you sojourn in that land, I will be with you and I will bless you. There's the difference. There's the difference. Amen. Now, if other men would have sold in that land without God being with them and without the blessing of God, they would have gotten nothing. But because God was with Isaac and God promised to bless him, then Isaac took him at his word and he sowed in spite of the famine and reaped a hundredfold in the same year. Now, go to Romans chapter 15 with me very quickly. Romans chapter 15. And look at verse 4. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Now that story we just read about Isaac sowing in famine. The purpose for God putting that story in the Bible was knowing that you and I were coming <laughs> and that we would need that story because it's not uncommon for people today to experience famine in their finances and other areas as well. Amen? How many of you have ever experienced a financial famine? Well, just about all of us have. And the Bible says through the writings of the Apostle Paul that these stories were written for our learning. Now, if you read Genesis 26 and come away and didn't learn anything from it, then did you really read it? See, I learned something from it. It changed my life, changed my ministry. And I've been living on it ever since, praise God. So, the message translation says, it keeps us alert. These stories keep us alert for whatever he will do next. I like that. How many of you believe God's about to do something next? 
Amen. Now, let me just read from my notes here about Romans 15. I don't want to miss any of this. Taken rightly, the stories written in the Old Testament can have bearing on what God wants to do for us. They're written to give us hope for the future and the fortitude to overcome whatever attempts to prevent us from having God's best. The New Living Translation says, such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us and to give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. See, I can take Genesis chapter 26 and use it for hope and encouragement while I'm waiting for the fulfillment of supernatural increase beyond anything I've ever experienced before. I challenge you and encourage you, read Genesis 26, the story we just read often for encouragement. Amen. To build and inspire hope. Now, let me go on. Don't let anyone convince you that the stories in the Old Testament are no longer valuable and of no importance to us just because we are New Testament believers. If they weren't important, then we would only have a New Testament in the Bible. I would strongly suggest you don't rip out the Old Testament. And there are people think that today. There are even preachers that, well, I don't read the Old Testament. It doesn't pertain to us. Your mama. <laughs> my Bible says, <laughs> my Bible says, they were written for my benefit. Yes. Whose advice are we going to follow? Somebody or the Apostle Paul who was inspired by the Holy Ghost? I'm going to follow the Apostle Paul who was inspired by the Holy Ghost. I don't know who's inspiring him, other people. Well, I do. <laughs> but I want to be kind and not say it's the devil. <laughs> Paul is telling us that we should still place value on these stories and allow them to create hope in us. I'm a man of hope. I have a lot of hope today that I will experience in 2020 supernatural increase beyond anything I've ever experienced before. Amen. Vine's dictionary defines hope as favorable and confident expectation. Favorable and confident expectation. It describes the happy anticipation of the good which is coming. I've got a happy anticipation. Now let's go to the book of Job real quick. Job. So some people think there's nothing good in Job. Job chapter 8 and verse 7. Though thy beginning was small, yet thy latter end should greatly increase. Notice God telling Job, even though your beginning was small, your latter end or your latter days should greatly increase. Amen. Greatly increase would imply extraordinarily or supernaturally. Notice God's got supernatural increase on his mind. Greatly, once again, would imply extraordinarily or supernaturally. In other words, beyond the natural, beyond the usual, 
and beyond the ordinary. That's exactly what Genesis 26 story with Isaac is referring to. God did something for him that was extraordinary, supernatural. How many other people you ever heard of sowing in a famine and reaping that kind of harvest? In fact, it was such a great harvest, the Philistines stood on the other side of Isaac's property and envied him because theirs was scorched, had no crops, zero. And they could see that Isaac's crops were high and fruitful and flourishing and they envied him. That's what a lot of people are going to do who don't know what you know coming in 2020. They're going to envy the supernatural increase that you're about to experience. Give the Lord another shout in advance. Hallelujah. Amen. Though thy beginning was small, yet thy latter end should greatly increase. The message translation says, you'll end up better than ever. The complete Jewish Bible says, your future will be very great indeed. Look at somebody and say, I got a bright future. And so do you. You should be shouting, praise God. Amen. Now go with me to Job chapter 42, and let's see if God's word is dependable, if we can rely upon it. God told Job he was going to increase greatly. Job 42.10, and the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Also, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Now, the Bible says in Job chapter one, that before all the attacks came, Job was the wealthiest man in all the East. The wealthiest man in all the East. Now God has supernaturally increased him and his assets are now twice what they were before the attacks. I've studied restoration throughout the Bible. And twice fold is minimum. For God to double your assets is the lowest level. Hallelujah. So I like restoration. I used to be in the restoration business. God still is. Hallelujah. So God increased Job, gave him twice of what he had before all the attacks came. And then notice it says, so the Lord, verse 12, bless the latter end of Job. Isn't that what he promised to do in Job chapter 8, verse 7? God blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning. For he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, and 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 she-asses. If you go back to the first chapter, that's exactly double of what he started with. So can we depend on God's word? And if God tells us he wants to cause us to increase in 2020 more than ever before, and we have stories from the Old Testament that proves that God is dependable and stories from the Old Testament that show us that there is hope for us 
and it encourages us. If God did it for Job, then God can do it for Jerry. Hallelujah. Or whatever your name is. Hallelujah. What if God wants to bless you beyond your own natural abilities? The prophetic word for this year declares, God is opening the new door in 2020, and you'll experience supernatural increase beyond anything you've experienced before. Today's special package includes Jerry Savelle's new prophetic teaching, 2020, Year for Supernatural Increase on CD, and his powerful book, Increase God's Way. This special package will help you develop a new vision for supernatural increase. As we step into this new decade, don't be limited by your own strength, ability, education, or skills any longer. Supernatural increase is your covenant right, and now's the time for you to experience a greater manifestation of God's blessing. Call or go online now to jerrysavelle.org and request your copy of the Supernatural Increase Special Package. Don't wait. Begin today to strengthen your faith and fully expect to prosper, increase, and rise above every adversity. Have you enjoyed this series? If you have, please contact our ministry and let us know how that it's blessed you, how it's inspired your faith. And if you're already experiencing supernatural increase, why don't you take a few moments and share the testimony with us? Now, once again, this will be the last time we offer this special resource package, 2020, the year of supernatural increase, three CDs that I taught right here at our church, Heritage of Faith Christian Center in Crowley, Texas. And then also right along with it, a little book I wrote some time ago entitled Increase God's Way, How to Position Yourself to Experience Supernatural Increase. Now, let me read Proverbs 11 one more time before we uh, close on today's broadcast. Proverbs 11, verse 24 and 25, there is that scattereth and yet increaseth. And then it goes on to say, and there is that withholdeth more than his meat, but it tendeth to poverty. In other words, if you're holding on to what you should be sowing, then it's the worst thing you could do. You know, somebody says, well, if I had more, I'd sow more. Well, you know, that'd be like walking up to the fireplace and saying, give me some heat and I'll throw in the wood. That's backwards. You know, you sow uh, where you are, no matter how small it might be, God will honor your faith. He will honor your obedience. But the Bible says, if you're holding on when you should be sowing, then it opens the door to more and more lack and even to poverty. Then it goes on to say in verse 25, the liberal soul shall be made fat and he that water shall be watered himself also. Now, let me close it with the message translation. The world of the generous gets larger and larger and the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. Well, I don't want my world getting smaller and smaller. I like my world getting larger and larger. That's the reason my wife and I made the decision 50 years ago, and we're still living by that commitment that we're going to be sowers, that we're going to live to give. We're going to, we're going to become sowers to people in need, ministries in need. We're going to help people. We're going to bless people, and we're going to do it as often as we possibly can. And that has opened the door for supernatural increase. Praise God. And God's no respecter of persons. If he would do it for us, he'll do it for you. Praise God. Amen. And I want to just thank all of our partners right now. They are sowers. You people are sowers. You've proven that because of your faithfulness in sowing into this ministry. And I want to encourage you, praise God, keep on doing it. 
And when the Lord blesses you, increase your giving. That's what we've done over the years, and God has honored it. Thank you once again for watching our program, and we pray that supernatural increase will come your way throughout 2020. Amen.